1: They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's slash upgrade
2: The Talk Sport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mick Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mick Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mick Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered, too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18-plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See
1: McDonald's.com. The is it morning yet deal? How about now? Or now? Because morning time is McDonald's breakfast time.
2: Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and this is our View of the Opposition show. As I talk to supporters that support Foam's opposition for the upcoming match, this episode I'll be talking to Jamie Smith and also Scott Cunliffe, who is doing a runaway challenge as he runs to each away match for Burnley's opposition. And this challenge, which is for charity, is to Craven Cottage. I'll be interviewing Scott to start the show to talk about his incredible challenge, and then afterwards him and Jamie will share their views on Burnley for us. On the phone side, I have co-host Steve Linyard joining us. Well, let's get going with the show. Before I do, though, I have to welcome everyone to the show. First, my co-host, Mister widyard how you
0: doing? Yeah, I'm good, Russ. It's been a little while since Wembley, and I think this is the first time I've been on since uh, since that famous day. So, um, uh, it's good to chat to you again, Russ, and um, hopefully, we'll catch up another beer one day. Absolutely. All right,
2: Jamie, welcome to Talk. I look forward to talking with you. Tell us a little bit about you as a Burnley supporter.
3: Hi. Uh, Well, uh, I've supported Burnley all my life, pretty much. My dad used to take me when I was a kid. A few years ago, set up uh, like a blog called No Name Ever. Then we started doing podcasts. Packed that in about a year ago. (laughs) Um, But still like to bore people as much as possible talking (laughs) about Burnley. So thanks for giving me the chance to do that. Okay, excellent. All right,
2: Scott, welcome to Cottage Talk. I still look forward to talking to you. Let's get right into this. Let's let's just tell our audience a little bit about the Runaway Challenge. It's pretty amazing. You have been running. You have one more day left, and you'll be finishing at Craven Cottage. Let's talk about this Runaway Challenge, which has you running to each away match for Burnley.
4: Yeah, hi, Russ. Thanks for having me on. Um, I'm in uh north london i'm about i think 10 miles maybe 10k 10 miles from craven cottage i'll be running there in the morning then doing the park run uh next to craven cottage so i'll be down there by nine o'clock and, and done i guess it's gonna be about 230 miles in total so this is day what is it day seven i set off actually i cheated a bit i set off on friday last friday from burnley and i ran all day Friday. Uh, and then i ran all day saturday and then sun saturday night i went back to burnley i had a christening to go to and then the game was on against watford so i went to the game and then monday morning i got drove back to the peak district and set off uh from the peak district and i've been on the go uh during daylight hours uh ever since so i arrived of all the places last night i arrived in watford uh got on the train at Watford and came my sisters in North London came here and then this morning went back to Watford and I've just run in from Watford. Uh so the shortest day today it was like twenty two K thirteen miles, something like that. Uh but yeah, it's been runaway. I guess I wanted to do something that involved my main passions, which is Burnley away and running and uh and football and i wanted right. to combine those things i, I thought i'll run to one away game and then i thought wow, you know, <laughs> why not do something epic and i have never done back to back i've done back to back days before i've i've run 10 miles one day and then 10 miles the next day and i've done marathons but i've never run this kind of distance back to back for five or six days so i've done in the last seven days i've done five I think five ultra marathons and, and one marathon. And, and today was like a half marathon. So um, it's a, a journey of discovery for the last the last two, well, the last three weeks, because I ran to Southampton the first away game. That's right. That was nine days. Yeah. And then this one's been seven days, I guess. Yeah. Wow. This is
2: unbelievable. Scott, and uh, what's great about this is that it does basically bring all of your passions together. Like you said, running, football, and you're bringing it together for some very good reasons. Uh, the Runaway Challenge also involves charity. So let's talk a little bit about that, because uh, I believe it also involves the Fulham FC Foundation.
4: Correct, yeah. Well, I wanted to make it national. and, I, and it, Travel is massive, and I think travel changes people's minds, and the and Wayne Days is, is part of travel. Uh, so I wanted to reach out to other football fans across the Premier League as we're both lucky enough to be in the Premier League now, congratulations for them. Uh, So I wanted to raise money related to football clubs and more for disabled people and for um, mentally challenged people. I've had uh, mental problems in the last 10 years. Uh, So I really wanted to do something for that up and down the country. Uh, So I reached out to the Burnley Football uh, Club's community program, so BFC in the community, and they've introduced me to the foundations of all the other 19 Premier League clubs. So That's at the great. end of the season, all the funds that come in, we're going to divide it up between the 20 charities linked to the football clubs. And uh, yeah, thank you Fulham uh, FC Foundation have been great for me. Um, I am going to be running the park run with some of the staff, I think, from Fulham Foundation tomorrow That's morning great. down in Fulham. And uh, they've, yeah, uh, they've, they've been uh, you know, above and beyond to help me in in just bring this together, and uh, so yeah, the, across the football community, the reception's been great so far, and uh, and it's good. I, I think the World Cup showed it this year. There's more that more brings us together than divides us, and banter is great, and we want banter, but. Uh, yeah, this football is quite uniting. I think so. This hopefully this will bring it together. And the reception I've had, they're just running down the road today. You know, sort of from football fans from across London, and uh, and bumped into a Fulham fan earlier today, and had a bit of banter, and he made a donation. So yeah, it's been <laughs> great everywhere. <laughs> everywhere I go,
2: that's fantastic. Now, is tomorrow some kind of competition?
4: Uh, park run. Park run is just a run. It's not a race, is it? Okay. So, but I think people do go for it. Yeah, it's a it's a British thing. They have it in parks across the country. And uh, as there is one right next to Craven Cottage, we oh, it'd be a good one to to go down to. So we've formed foundation for what we can go down there, and um, and it'd be a good way of sort of ending the. My uh, runaway, the second runaway to Fulham. So I will probably finish about eight fifteen down at Fulham tomorrow, oh, okay. and then be ready for the part run. So I'll set off early and do the last, uh, be about the last hour from uh, and from Kilburn. I'll set off tomorrow morning. Okay. In
2: case supporters want to donate to your uh, endeavours here, where can they go?
4: They can go to Just Giving page, and if they type in Runaway all one word it'll come up at the top there and alternatively they can send a text so it's away 19 and then the pound sign and then however much you want to donate and you send that to 770 so it's away 19 10 pounds to 770 or the just giving page
2: okay and this is just the beginning scott you're doing this throughout the season and uh, i was listening to your podcast scott has a Great podcast. I'm actually going to be on his podcast. And it's unbelievable what you're doing. How, how many times? I mean, again, you're going to be going to London a bunch. Uh, you've got so much to do here. So you have, yeah. again, I, I cannot believe what you're doing. I, I'm I'm in awe of what you're
4: doing, my friend. So uh, are Thank you prepared you. for the rest of the journey, I guess? Uh, well, winter is coming. And I think British winter is going to happen before Games of Thrones winter. So I've these two last runs in the next few are, are gonna be more preparation for yep. for winter. Uh and I've been able to suss out quite a few routes. Most of the runs I do are from north Burnley to the south, so there's only a few four or five different possible routes you can, can you can take. Uh but I've got a feel of some of the toll paths now on the canals. I've got a feel of some of the like the road coming down from Watford all the way down uh Edgeware was quite a good run today so you get a sense of that and the sense of what logistics you need you need to do these things uh, I've been running these two largely unsupported uh, stay from six degrees of separation I get places to stay for friends and family sure. along the way sometimes I've got to get on a bus and or a train and go go out of my way to get to where I'm staying or, or I get picked up Um so it's just planning is the key to a lot of it uh, and being prepared but my physical side i've learned a lot about what i can do and what i can't do and staying composed so i don't overdo it do anything because it's not a race what i'm doing is i'm not going for quickest time or anything like that i'm just trying to finish it before the game starts so it's a race in the sense of i want to be at the match and i want to finish it before the match kicks off Um, so Sunday kickoffs are better better than Saturday kickoffs, even though Sunday kickoffs aren't great in a lot of ways. Um, So, yeah, it's just been a learning curve. So the first one I got a bit of a dodgy knee from day two. So it's more like a walk away, (laughs) the one for Southampton. I think days two to seven, I I was hobbling for a lot of the way. It's very slow. But this one to Fulham, on the knee's been fine, except for day one over the Pennines was a bit dodgy. But they, the last five, six days I've been running. So um, I haven't walked much unless I'm kind of looking at the map or the you know on the GPS thing. Uh, so, yeah, it's been more of a runaway this one. So I'm very happy with, with how my body's held up. But I was shattered last night. I was really just, I didn't even have a shower or anything. I was just like, food, I had a beer and then boom, straight in bed last night. Um, it is, I, I, every time I turned over in bed, just the physical kind of, it's not a pain, it's just an ache. Everywhere was just, it was just aches and aches and aches. But this morning I felt pretty good, um, and sleep and good food and, uh, does the trick. So, but it's the mind as well. It's really like being able to focus and really get your body to do what your mind wants. And if your mind doesn't want, so you've got to really, you know, yeah, you've got to zone in going in with the mind, yeah. so I've still got a lot of work to do with that, I'm working with a psychologist a uh, family based psychologist too, James, who's who's helping me i got a That's phobia me. of bridges so I'm shit scared of going over the, the bridge over the M6 or the M1 so I'm kind of looking for tunnels underneath and so uh, things like that you know, there's sure. there's little bits there's little challenges along the way which are um, you think you're fine and then something comes and hits you <laughs> so yeah, it's it's fun It's it's good fun
2: Okay, excellent. Well, I wish you all the best, my friend, and uh, I really thank you for joining me today on Cottage Talk, along with Jamie to talk about Burnley, and I have my co-host, Stephen. Let's get to talk about the football, because I know that you don't get an opportunity enough, really, right now, while you're doing all of your challenges to really talk about Burnley, so this is going to give you that opportunity. So let me just start with you. you. Let's talk about the first two Premier League matches for Burnley. I want your view, and then I'll go to Jamie.
4: The first game at Southampton, I thought we were great. Cummings came on in the second half, halfway through, and the game changed a bit. But for an away performance, uh, there's only a point. But the performance, you couldn't really complain. I think we played really well, and it was, you know, we were on the front foot for a lot of the game. Um, it wasn't a defensive diet approach, which we've seen in other games. Um, so I was really, really happy coming off that game. I thought, oh, this folds well. You know, we just played on Thursday night and and he's gone and attacked the game uh, for most of it against Southampton. Uh, the Watford game, obviously disappointed with the result. Uh, but again, I think we put to it quite well. You know, Watford scored early on. We got back in the game. Yep,
1: right and, back.
4: I watched it. And, and, yeah, and then they... They, they they scored in the second half two goals. The second one was was a bit you know it, we gave it away, uh, but still I don't think there's no doom and gloom on my side. I, I, I'm quite happy with the performances so far, right. uh, and yeah I think I think we we've, we've played six games already this season. We we've, we've got eight points. If you think we won two, drawn two, and lost two, so yeah I'm, I'm I'm happy camper so far. no no real alarm bells ringing with me. Okay, excellent.
2: Jamie, over to you. I want your view of the uh, first two matches and also have a question for you because it obviously will help us talk about the upcoming match. How much does being in Europe on Thursday affect Burnley for the upcoming match? It's just an interesting thing. FOMA had to go through it and I know how they were affected by it. I know Deitch is doing a lot of rotation, so hopefully that will be, for your sake, be a benefit. But let's leave that to the end. I just want your Thoughts on the first two matches, and we can talk about the effect of the second match.
3: Yeah, I mean, it does have an impact. I think we've seen in the first two games that that we have been rotating the team, and that's it's something that we haven't really done at all since Sean Dash came to the club over five years ago now. Cup games, we've played a reserve side, but for the league, it's been the strongest team that could be put out on any one day pretty much consistently. So I think the rotation has had a factor um, when you consider that it's basically been a different defence, playing on a Thursday to a Sunday. Everyone's got to get used to each other again. There's a couple of new signings. Players like Ben Ben Gibson have come in. So yep. there's a lot of things to get used to. Um, in terms of the performance, I agree with Scott. I thought we played really well at Southampton. If we'd won that game, I don't think Southampton could have had too many complaints. Um it was quite a tight match, but we had a goal rolled out for offside that was really marginal, maybe a bit unfortunate to have that dislodged. So we could have won that one. Um, Watford at home, there were some alarm bells for me. The way that we defended for the sort of 10 minutes or so after half-time was really, really concerning. And we saw something similar to that in the, the first leg of the Olympiacos game on Thursday. So to see us giving away cheap goals... Um, Basically creating chances to the opposition, it's something that we haven't really seen at all under Dash. Certainly not in the last couple of years where we've been really, really solid at the back. Right. Um, so yeah, it, it's slightly concerning for me. But earlier in the season, we kept clean sheets in a couple of games back to back. So it's it's something that we need to get back to, and it might be a case of just going back to basics, picking the best defence we can, and then cracking on from there.
2: Well, let me ask you this, because I'm glad that you brought this up, using basically for Europa League and for the Premier League different defences.
3: Could that be a factor in all of this? I definitely think it is, yeah. For me, if you're going to rotate, there's, there's positions where you can get away with it a bit more. Um, so I think you can rotate up front, and it's not going to have that much of an effect. You can probably get away with rotating at full-back, modern defenders modern fullbacks have to run so much i think it's totally understandable to rotate there uh, but the sort of spine of the defense central midfield central defense the goalkeeper i wouldn't want to make too many changes there and the fact that we've conceded three goals in two games back to back now suggests to me that the rotation in defense is having a, a bit of an impact there um I think Dash has got it difficult because he signed Ben Gibson, joint club record fee. He needs to make sure that Gibson's playing enough. And I think eventually we'll see Gibson become part of the Premier League team. Um, But yeah, I I think it's difficult. I sort of understand why he's doing what he's doing. But for me, the priority has been the wrong way around as well. It should have been the strongest team in Europe. And then if he needed to rotate, rotate for Premier League games like Watford at home um and certainly i don't think rotating the defense is the way to go and i think that has contributed to two poor defensive performances back to back now
2: okay excellent again it's interesting because it's difficult to get the balance right it sounds like he's struggling to get the balance right and uh for your sake hopefully he will get that balance right between what to do in europe what to do in the premier league and we know all about that i know it's been a long time but i remember how that was like and uh There is a balancing act, and uh, hopefully uh, Deitch will get it right for you guys. All right, I'm going to go back to Let's now just talk about just being in Europe. Talk about what this has meant to you and also just the performances so far.
3: I think it's it's amazing for me. I mean, I'm 30 years old, so it's the first time in my lifetime that this has happened. And I think we have to treat it as as like a a once-in-a-lifetime, once-in-a-generation type thing over 50 years since Burnley have been in Europe so that just tells you how special this is right. Burnley were one of the best teams in the country back then now the game's changed beyond all recognition teams that have got all the money tend to do well so we have to treat it as a one-off um, I wouldn't say a fluke or an accident because we worked really hard and it deserves to be seventh last season but we have to assume that this might not happen for a long time again I think it's it's asking a lot for us to compete and do this uh, consistently Um so, with that in mind, like I said for for the last question, I think we had to, to really have a good go at Europe. And I totally understand that the Premier League pays the bills and it's the bread and butter. And Dash knows that people will speculate about his future wrongly because we can get relegated and Daesh would still be in charge. But if we have a bad run in the league and we're struggling near the bottom of the table, people will speculate about Dash's future and there'll be more pressure. Um but I I think you have a real good go at Europe. It might not happen again. You're giving the fans memories that they're going to cherish for the rest of their lives. Last season was amazing, and finishing seventh was great. Some of the results, winning at Chelsea and so on, absolutely fantastic. But how many times are fans of a club like Burnley going to get to go to Olympiakos, go right. to Istanbul? Like it's a one-off. So we should have had a really good go for me. Obviously. Okay think things can happen in a game no matter what team you put out. But I think we'd have probably had a better chance last night, for example, in Athens had we played the best team that we could have.
2: Okay, that's very interesting. Scott, your view of this, uh, again, I have fond memories of uh, Fulham being in Europe. So uh, I understand where Jamie's coming from. It's special, but you also want to uh, do well in Europe. So what are your thoughts about what's been going on so far? And just your view of uh, Berlin and Europe?
0: Yeah, I think
4: Jamie hit the nail on the head. really. it's it's amazing for the fans and just seeing the you know the scenes from last night and reading about it and from friends. i just mean, just such joy. and just being able to be there, and so long may it continue for me. Like personally, I, I won't be going. You know, I I can't run there, and <laughs> and I'm going to be running to the other games. Sure. But I was in. I used to live in Southeast Asia, and I watched Burnley on tour in Singapore. And there was only 30, maybe no more than 30 Burnley fans there. But just that amazing joy of being watching your team playing abroad was was just fantastic. So, long may it continue. I agree. You know, go for it in Europe. Uh, we'll get the balance right, and I probably agree on the defence thing with Jamie. Um, it 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 did look slightly out of sorts in the in the Prem after. Unsettled and getting used to each other uh, again, uh, but yeah, long may it continue. The the, the trips going going forward, uh, you know, beyond into the the league system. If we if we do get a result next Thursday, um, will will be fantastic. And and it probably won't happen again. You know, it probably won't happen again in our lifetime. Let's hope it does. But uh, you know, if we have a, a good run in the league system, league system um after the knockouts and then if we have a good run in the league and you know finish halfway this season, uh, it'll be fantastic. It'll be you know, we can't ask for more than that. And I think, you know, Deitch is it seems like he has is prioritizing the league from the, the way that it's more of a B team that's going in the Europa League so right. far. Um but the effort is still there. Yeah. I mean you've seen the effort and uh you know, we played two extra times in in the uh in the home ties. So it yeah you know, it could Well, probably won't end up going at, To because the way you go, it might not go to extra time this time. But uh, yeah, these are long nights, yeah, long nights for the guys and travel, etc. So um, yeah, onwards and upwards, hopefully, in Europe. Okay, excellent. Steve, I want to bring
2: you in because I think there's a good opportunity to talk about what Fulham went through the first time with the Europa League run, which was fantastic. Obviously, we had one after that. But what are your thoughts about what the guys just shared about? Burnley being in Europe, because you remember how special it was for Fulham.
0: Yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, You know, I was lucky enough to go to sort of, I think, a couple of the group games. Most of the knockout stages, apart from one, I couldn't get to. And I managed to get my hands on the ticket for the final as well. And I think if the only thing I can say to Burnley is I think they they thoroughly deserve to be there. And I like the fact they're there. But I think they really, you know, the Premier League is a 38-game season. And I think really... You know, if they don't make it through next Thursday, which I still think they've got a good chance, but they need to play a first 11, as we discussed before, before coming on live. Yep. Um, but I I think Dutch has missed a trick if they don't go through because, you know, for the sake of a couple of games, you know, maybe sort of one or two Premier League games to qualify for that group stage, you know, oh, it, it's special. all there for them. Um, it would be special. And, you know, who knows? Like we found out when you when you get out of the groups, you know, anything can happen. Anything can you happen, know, you, exactly. Anything can happen. So they really need to go all out and, uh, and you know, do what it takes to get there. Um, you know, whatever happens, they've done the club proud. Because let's not forget Olympiacos featuring the Champions League quite a lot of the time. So, you know, to, to, to face them, you know, just come up, I'd say, a little bit short maybe due to the red card as well. Um, you know, it'd be a different Steve. game next week. It's so
4: Steve, can I ask, did, uh, did Hodgson rotate the side quite a bit at first? Obviously, with one eye on the Premier League, before you got to, I think you got to 40 points quite early on, didn't you, in the season? Then it seemed to go all the way out for Europe after that, after you were safe in the Premier League in that season. What happened? How did he rotate it?
0: It's um, it's good, because there's probably a lot of people that have got better and High higher, but um, obviously been sort of eight, nine years ago now. But I think towards the sort of early rounds, you know, I'm not sure if we played anyone of note, like Olympiacos, to get into the group stages that year. Um, I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah. Someone will correct me. No, I don't think we um, did, but, but, But like I say, when you are coming up against a team like that, um, you do really need to bet your first 11 out. And maybe Dyche will look back and think maybe you should have. But again, as I was just saying, I think if you put your first 11 out and they play really well next Thursday, I can see no reason why you won't get through. Whether it be extra time, penalties, maybe. <laughs> but I can't see any reason you won't get through.
2: Very good, there, Steve. Thank you for sharing that. For Scott, all right, Jamie, back to you. Let's get into talking about this upcoming match from a Burnley perspective. Who are your key players against Fulham?
3: I think um, it's difficult to predict what team we're going to put out, to be honest, now because we've we I think we picked the same team in the Premier League for the two matches, but Dash might take take on board things that we've been saying now and think maybe Thursday is now the priority and he might consider resting people for the phone game. Um, I'm not sure which way he's going to play it, to be honest. But I would expect Johan Gudmundsson will probably play. I think he's our best creative player at the moment. Robbie Brady, I don't think he's going to be ready. Stephen DeForce certainly not ready. So those three are really the leaders for us creatively. Um, Johan Gudmundson taking on increasing responsibility for These set pieces, very dangerous. Um, but he did start the Olympiacos game and played, he might have played 90 minutes, I'm not sure. So it's it's a question of energy what gudmundson has got in his legs. But if he plays, we'll certainly look to get the ball to him, try and get crossed into the box. He's also a threat. Shooting with either foot, I think he could add more goals to his game. I think he's got that in his locker. He should really be aiming for six, eight Premier League goals this season. I think he's good enough to get that sort of tally. Um, But I think we will rely on set pieces quite heavily. We seem to do that on the road. Um, So, and set pieces are going to be crucial. Whoever plays in goal is going to be under quite a lot of pressure. Burnley hadn't conceded three goals back-to-back since January 2015. so. It shows the extent of the the problem that we've got at the back right now. The issue is that none of the goals were the goalkeeper's fault. The three that we conceded against Watford, Joe Hart could do nothing about. The three we conceded last night, Tom Heaton could do nothing about. So, there's pressure on the goalkeepers, but sometimes you just can't do anything. and Shots are in the corner, or free kicks are just too good, or however it goes. However, I, I think you need the goalkeeper to set the tone sometimes, and Heaton was a little bit uncertain last night. Joe Hart has sometimes looked a bit nervy. He's obviously lost a lot of confidence from the last couple of seasons. So I think whichever goalkeeper plays, and I have no idea at the moment because I was (laughs) surprised Heaton played last night, I think that's going to be really important. And at the back as well, I've talked about the defensive problems. I think Tarkovsky's got a really big role to play there. Um, He came on last night and we looked a lot more solid, didn't concede despite playing with 10 men. And I think he's got to, to really step up. He was so good last season, he forced his way into the England squad. And if he's got aspirations to to play for England consistently, I think he's got the potential to do that. He needs to play a lot better than he did against Watford last weekend, for example.
2: Okay, before I go over to Scott, what's your view on Chris Wood? I've been a little bit critical of the move last year to get Chris Wood because I thought he was a championship striker moving up a division. But now that I've looked at a year of him being at Burnley, I can admit that I was wrong. I think he's a perfect fit for Burnley. So I'm curious your thoughts on Chris Wood.
3: I like him. He does he does split the fan base a little bit. There are supporters who say exactly the same thing. They say he's a championship striker. He's not quite cut out for this level. Um but with Burnley, like I don't know what players the supporters who say that think that we can get. Um Chris Ward was top scorer in the Championship. He's not just like a a mid-table Championship player. He was an elite Championship player. We did the same this summer, signing Vidra from Derby, so it's clearly a market that we're comfortable in. I think last season he missed more games than we'd like. There was a lot of travelling, obviously he's a New Zealand international, so any international break, he's going to rack up a lot of miles going to and from New Zealand. And he had a couple of injuries that kept him in the night of the team as well, but He scored 10 goals in his first Premier League season, so that's a sign to me that he's certainly good enough. He's scored a couple of goals in the Europa League this season as well. So I think he is a goal scorer. Um, Our problem is more creating chances. I think if we had a team that was set up to, to be on the front foot a bit more, rather than playing on the break or using long balls, I think Wood would really thrive in that situation. For me, in the right team, and with the right creative setup around him, he's a player that could get 15 Premier League goals a season. I think he's that good. I really rate
2: him. Okay, excellent. Scott, over to you. just want to get, through your eyes, the strengths and weaknesses
4: for your club. I think they'll be resting uh, Volks and Barnes again in the Premier League and going with Wood up front on his own. Uh, probably setting up, this is my sense, that they'll probably set up uh, more defensively um i agree the dif- the midfield and creativity thing is really uh pushed up against the wall um especially with the four out uh but corks i mean the games have seen cork play so far this season he's he's been on form uh Gunnison seems to be the one who's not quite peaked yet uh, in, the, in the you know four or five games he's played so far maybe that's fatigue from the world cup and um uh, but it's, it's done the championships though, because a lot of our players could have been deemed as championship championship players when we bought them. You now Volks is one, and then he went on to have a cracking European Championship and, with Wales. That's seemingly been been a great a great player for us around from around that time, yeah. So, uh, and it, I think it's back to the midfield though. You know, Lennon Lennon's been good. He's, he comes inside a bit too much for me. Doesn't get out wide enough. But I think that's Part of a defensive setup, a bit more of a defensive setup in, in keeping things a bit tighter in the middle. Um, but I think, yeah, we're going to be trending a lot, depending a lot on Cork uh, to maybe get through a little bit through the middle. Uh, but it might be more on set plays, I think, for, for this weekend. Um, so, and yet we've, we haven't seen any other new signings besides Gibson. And then Gibson's going to be, um, well, he might, might, he might be out now, yeah, with uh, getting a red card, but that'll probably just be for Europe. Um, so yeah, it's. I think it'll be a tight game. I think Burnley will set up to, to play a tight game at Fulham, and it, it'll be a case of can Fulham break them down? You know, they didn't really seem to break down Palace that well uh, the other week at home. So uh, maybe Deitch will gone for that and um, and you know save a little bit in the tank for uh, the Thursday night second leg. Okay.
2: So, if you could really nail it down, like a a strength for your club, do you still see the defence as your strength, even though you guys are talking about maybe it's in transition a little bit with the Europa League and the Premier League? Do you still see that as your strength?
4: think, I think so. Sorry, Jeremy, go
3: on. Yeah, I'd go along with that. I think last season we had a very strong defensive record, and it was really the other side, the other end of the pitch, where we had problems. Um, It's just the way that we set up really I think lends us to, to being like that but if we are going to be conceding a lot of goals we might have to have a rethink and try and be a bit more bit more attacking in games okay
4: yeah I think it's you know defense is key and it's been our strength the the thing that does concern me about this year is that similar to Iceland in the World Cup you know they were an unknown Europeans when they got to the semi-finals and we were a bit of an unknown defensive force last year and maybe we might get found out a bit more this year because it's not unknown anymore. You know, this is kind of how Daesh is playing it. So the homework is a bit easier for those the opposition this year. So, um, yeah, we need to add a bit extra in this year if we're going to be finishing mid-table. Um, so I think that's a challenge for us, massive challenge. Okay.
2: okay, very good.
4: All right, Scott, back to
2: you. What are your thoughts of Fulham heading into this match? Obviously, we're only two
4: matches in but I just want your overall view of form. Finding their feet, yeah. It's, it was difficult for us, you know. We didn't win away for, in the first time we came in the Premier League, we didn't win away for ages. We had a good first home win against Man United when we first got, got back in the Premier League, which is almost 10 years ago now. So, finding your feet, and once you get that first win, which hopefully won't for us, won't be this weekend, <laughs> uh, I think things things will roll a little bit, bit more, There's the talent there. Uh, You've signed some exciting players prospect-wise. You know, yep. there's uh, the German guy from Schalke and uh, Shurlow, is it? Um, and Callum Chambers, and so it, it might take a bit of time to gel. So, um, but you are due a win. So that's a little bit of concern for this weekend. Is <laughs> it? Is this going to be the one? So. Um, but, yeah, it's, it must be exciting to be in the Premier League again, yep. but also that comes with a massive responsibility and a step up, yeah? Okay, excellent. For those players. Jamie, over
2: to you. What film players concern you the most in this match? Obviously, we have a ton of new players, and we still have Session, and Kearney, and I'll put Mitrovic in the mix as well, but who concerns you from a Burnley perspective?
3: Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Obviously, I I can't say that I've watched a lot of Fulham this season. I've seen the highlights and that's basically been it. I think um, Sessegnon is obviously a player with a massive future and he's got a lot of pace, a lot of ability on the ball. Sometimes we do struggle to defend against a player like that. Raw pace can can cause us problems, but to try and combat that, I expect us to defend quite deep. So um, Sessegnon's mm-hmm. going to have to show that he's not just quick and that he's got more about him. Um Again, I, I can't say that I've watched him a lot this season, but from the clips that I've seen, Serri looks like an amazing signing. Uh, the fact that he was being linked with Barcelona and all the thought was that he was going to Barcelona, even in January, um, that Fulham have been able to get him. It's a massive, massive coup. And he seems to move the ball really quickly with purpose um, and incisive passing as well. Against Watford, we had a lot of problems with Decore. And Serri seems a sort of similar mode. To that, in the way that he uses the ball. So, I think Seri's a player that form will look to, to set the tempo and really try and create the opportunities. And he's a player that we need to, to try and combat this weekend, I think.
2: Okay, very good there, guys. All right, let's move on. And um, let's just go right to a section I call predictions. Let's go, let's jump right there. And what's going to be interesting is that I'm going to put you in the shoes at one point. Of I guess you could say the manager of Sean Dyche and the Slovisi Okonovic because I want to know your thoughts on how each team can win this match so Jamie I'm going to start with you what do Burnley need to do to win this match I'll put you in the shoes of Dyche
3: well it's, it's a very basic thing to start with but we need to score a goal and we find that difficult in a lot of games this season and um, didn't score at Southampton scored from a set piece against Watford. So we need to show that we can create and take chances in open play. Um, How we set up to do that remains to be seen. Um, Daj might try something new. We might trust the players that he's been picking. Um, He's got Vidra, who is hopefully ready to play a part now. So I think he needs to maybe think of a slightly more ambitious tactic, maybe, than the long balls and trying to win the second balls and relying on set pieces. I think it's it's a bit predictable to defend against at times. And I think we need to show more in open play. Uh, like I said earlier, I think Gudmundsson's a very good player. Uh, we rely on him a lot. We need to get him on the ball in positions where he can hurt for Um and not just use the set pieces. That said, set pieces are massive part of the game and if we do score from a set piece then that's perfectly valid it counts as much as any other goal um but i'd like to see us us show a bit more variety in our play i thought at southampton we played really well dominated the ball which we never do even at home um so it'll be interesting if we take that sort of approach again
2: okay excellent scott over to you i'm gonna put you in, in the shoes of uh sean Dage. how do you win this match
4: I think more defensive and um, counter-attacking may maybe give Chris Ward a bit more sort of freedom spaces to run into. Uh, but delivery on set of pieces, I think we showed against Watford and we've shown many a time that our set of pieces can be good. Um, but the delivery seems to have been just wavered a little bit in the last couple of games. So I think, yeah, good delivery on set of pieces and all of averages, yeah, we we should sort of not one in from, you know, from a header or... Um, you know, from the corner. So, yeah, I think I'd really tighten up on that and the, the little training time that they have in between games, you know, in the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah, a little bit more flair maybe, but uh, but I, I think it's going kind to of be a defensive approach. Okay, very good. Steve,
2: I want to get your thoughts on what the guys just shared about how Burnley win this match. Something just stood out for me, and it's probably going to stand out for you. Talking about set pieces because it's a concern of mine. Defending set pieces for form. Your thoughts on what the guys shared, how Burnley can win this match.
0: Yeah, I I I think um I do take on board what the guy said, but going off slightly on that, I think I think with the way we do attack teams, I think Burnley's best, best chance could be playing us on the counter because we've seen this year. We're, we're not always the greatest um, no, at being that. counterattacked. Um, so if they can get it, get the ball up there early, you know, or even get the ball in a box early, like you say, set pieces, or even just crosses. You know, I think, I think certainly Wood can definitely bully our defence, um, and that's what I'm worried about more more than ending. Maybe if play Mitrovic at centre back, because they win most headers, so it might be a, um, might be a solution to the Wood scenario.
2: Okay, very good. All right, Scott, over to you. I'm not going to put you in the shoes of Slavisa Oconovic. I I do this every single week, and every time I I do this, it seems like the person I'm I'm going to ask when I put them in the shoes of the other manager, they don't like it. But uh, hopefully, you won't mind being in the shoes of Slavisa. So, how did Fulham win this match?
4: First time I've ever done this. Probably not going to get signed up as a manager either (laughs) after what I'm about (laughs) to say. Not for Fulham, at least. Uh, But yeah, really. Dominating the midfield, I think you know, and getting good possession and spreading the ball out quite wide. I think Burnley played a little bit down the middle, so like you know, getting it out wide from the midfield and then running into the spaces, um, and and yeah, pushing forward from there. I think that's 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 the way to to win it, you know, and uh, just finding space through the midfield and and having the the you know Burnley can be a bit flat-footed in defence, so, you know, because they they hold the line really strongly, so. Yeah, good runs from the forwards uh, into spaces. with good got delivery from the midfield. Can win the game, I think. Maybe for Fulham, if okay, I was the heck- Fulham manager. <laughs> <laughs> How
3: about you, Jamie? Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure Fulham's coaching staff has paid a lot of attention to our game last weekend against Watford. So I think they they sort of um, exposed our defensive weaknesses. I was going to really, say, could really that well?
2: potentially be a blueprint for Fulham? Because I, I watched it. So, I... Yeah. I thought of ways that they could take advantage of Burnley.
3: Yeah, I think um, Watford pressed incredibly effectively. And it, it was quite similar to the way that we played away from home last season, actually, in that we didn't give teams time on the ball at all. We were very clinical when we got our chances on the road. And it's basically the same as what Watford did. I didn't think there was any time to settle. The Presters relentlessly showed fantastic energy and application to do that from the front. So I think Fulham have to, to show that they can do that. Whether someone like Mitrovic can be disciplined enough to do that job, that's perhaps questionable. I think um, Mitrovic against Tarkovsky is going to be a really interesting individual yeah. battle. I think someone like Sessegnon has to try and get round the back and in behind, like I said earlier, we will defend quite deep. So that's going to be a challenge, but he has to show that there's that threat um, for Burnley to be aware of. But I think if, if you press Burnley high up the pitch, I think, that's where we could struggle because we like to use the long ball, but we like to play those passes without the pressure. There's pressure on those long passes. They're not going to be as accurate. And then we're going to struggle to win the first ball, struggle to win the second ball. And that's when our defence starts to to crumble a bit. When the ball's going down the pitch too fast and then coming back uh, straight away, as we saw in long periods against Olympiacos, I think that's going to become a real challenge for us.
2: Yeah, Fulham really like to control and dominate possessions. So that's gonna be something that they're gonna be looking to do. And uh Steve, I wanna to go to you because I wanna get your thoughts on what the guys just shared, because the first thought that comes to mind for me is um the midfield three dominating the play. I find interesting what they both shared, but what are your thoughts? Your are So what would you do against Burnley?
0: Yeah, I haven't seen too much of Burnley, but I think uh, Scott highlighted a good point. Um, and also, you guys, uh, Burnley have had, um, always tended to have quite a decent defence. And as we know, we're sort of a Hodgson team as well. Having right. a decent defence is usually quite compact. So definitely, if we get use the midfield three quite wisely and get the ball wide quite a lot to the wingers, then I think we can, uh, we can cause them a lot of problems. The problem we have is that we can't, attend, can't tend to finish our chances. So while we I might get the enough. chances... Yeah, oh, I agree. We, and we we discussed this all season last year, and this was—I'll be honest with you—going back to why I thought we wouldn't get promoted last year was because we weren't clinical enough. But hey, that that showed me wrong. But I think this <laughs> could be the difference between between winning the game and not winning the game.
2: Listen, I agree with you, Steve. Uh, when we're going through this, and the guys are talking about, it, the first thought that came to mind is it could come down to Mitrovic. Can he finish his chances? can potentially Sessegnon, if there's a rebound, come in and uh, basically score off of that. They need to be clinical, but they also need to dominate the ball the way that they do. Like you said, get the ball wide and then take it from there and see where it takes them. But very interesting. It's, uh, I guess you could say, two completely different styles and we'll see which one wins out. All right, guys. To finish this up, let's go to predictions. Scott, I'll go to
4: you first. I'm just happy that it's on the daytime fixture really uh we can have a few beers down by the river last time we played there we got beat three nil it was a night game it wasn't all that warm or anything like that so i'm quite happy to be down by the river have a few beers um
3: i'll take a one nil away win okay jamie to you i think it will be tight um from what you said about about form not being clinical enough, I think that's that's going to be the challenge, isn't it? Scoring goals for newly promoted teams is always going to be difficult. Um, I've got to back us to, to be a lot better in defence than we've been for the last couple of weeks. I think we'll prioritise keeping a clean sheet and trying to keep it tight. I think nil-nil is certainly a, a oh possible <laughs> result. It might not be a particularly exciting game to watch, but I think Burnley fans would probably take a, okay. a draw at this stage.
2: Okay, excellent. Steve, over to you. What's your prediction?
0: Um, Yeah, so um, just sort of going to the Palace game. I mean, I know we didn't score against Palace, um, but we created a few chances um, and a few decent half chances. Um, I'll be honest with you, I can't can't see it being a Um, nil-nil. I don't see us losing, if I'm honest, and that's no disrespect to Burnley, especially as we finished seventh last year. But I think the players are going to be gunning for it. I think um, if if it's going to be anything, it's going to be 2-1 Fulham or 2-2. So I'm going for a few goals in this one.
2: Okay, excellent.
4: Uh, I am going Which to go one, with... Steve, 2-1 the... or 2-2? Two, two. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm a little <laughs> bit on the fence, but I do, I'm do. i going
0: to go 2-1. I'm going to go 2-1. Gosh, okay. just so you
2: know, Steve does like to go on the fence a little bit, so there you go there, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My prediction is this, guys, and uh, I actually made the prediction, Scott, on, on your podcast, so I'm going to stick with it. And uh, this goes back to our conversation and you guys have been great to talk about what's been going on with Burnley. I do think, being in Europe is a factor somewhat. I know that there is squad rotation, but I, I think you know, you're know you still going to have players that are, are going to be doing Thursday to uh, Sunday. And you have the travel. I think it does play a role. So I think that is obviously is a benefit to Fulham. If Fulham can be patient, I think that they're going to win this match because I've seen glimpses that things are starting to click a little bit. Let's see if it clicks against Burnley. I think it will. So I'm just going to go with two to one, I'm not going to sit on the fence like you, Steve. I'm going two to one to <laughs> Good lad. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Great show, guys. Thank you so much for doing this, all three of you. First of all, Jamie, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. Really appreciate it.
3: No problem. Always a pleasure. I love talking about my club, so thanks for having me on.
2: Okay, great. Steve, my friend, always like to have you on. And please come back soon.
0: Yeah, it's good to be back on, even just to sort of dab the hand in a bit. But it's good to hear the experiences of the Burnley guys, yes. and definitely with the uh, with the run that's going on. Um, I'm not that fit to do that, so uh, so well, well done, Scott.
2: <laughs> Absolutely, and Scott. Listen, thank you so much for doing this. You have a crazy schedule. I am in awe of what you're doing. I think it's incredible. So I just wish you the best and uh, best of luck to you guys on Sunday.
4: Thank you very much. I just like to say I hope to see many form fans back in Burnley. Uh, you haven't won there in years and years and years. So no, the let's not bit short. It might be a bit short a bit <laughs> shorter next time.
2: All right. Thanks Great for having show. me on,
4: Russ. Thank you. Well,
2: thank you, Scott, for what you're doing. I think it's uh, incredible. And uh, like I just said, just keep up what you're doing there, my friend. And uh, I know you're going to get through all of this. All right. I hope so. Thank you. Thanks for your support. <laughs> I hope you do too. Well, that's going to wrap up. This episode of Cottage Talk for Scott, Jamie, Steve. I'm Russ and Thank you as always for listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18-plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms supply, see McDonald's.com.
1: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part?